0: hello and welcome to the gridiron show back for week three of the 2021 season i'm will gavin joined will g by will b 12-year nfl vet super bowl champion will blackman will how are we doing sir doing great people listening watching the video version will be seeing you with a fresh trim that is looking sweet
1: that's cool enough of me how you doing Ali?
0: <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, come with a bit of attitude this week. No I feel way, like there's, there's no been way. an immediate beef enough
2: about this me. It's
1: just we're a team.
2: We're I a team. was hoping for a bit more of, from Will because then I don't come straight off the back of 12 year NFL vet, uh, <laughs> Super Bowl champion Will Blackman. Oh, and Ollie Hunter, who just happens to be here as well. So, but I'm, Will, I'm I'm grand. Your hair, if I had hair, that's probably the kind of hair that I would
1: love. I love it. Fair I'm not enough.
0: sure. I'm not sure you could pull off the, uh, the oh, lines, but oh, I could. Yeah, yeah.
1: The lines is yeah. You know, <laughs> I feel. I feel fast.
0: There we go. If that's not a reason to go and check out our YouTube channel and go and check out the video versions, then I don't know what is. Uh, right, coming up, we're going to be talking some QB news. We've got a few new starters coming in for this weekend. We'll talk about our week three matchups we're most excited about. We'll look at some players who've impressed us so far, and we're going to ask whether some zero and two teams should be pushing. The panic button. Before we do that, delighted to say that with the borders reopening in November, if you're double vaxxed, you'll be able to get into the United States. And therefore, what better time to sign up for the Gridiron Sunshine Tour in association with Touchdown Trips. This is the fourth tour uh, of NFL and college games that we've run here at Gridiron Uh, going from the 19th to the 29th of November. We'll be taking in six games across 10 days, including Thanksgiving in New Orleans. Oh. Now, having been to New Orleans with Ollie and <sighs> I think I've spent 10 nights in New Orleans totally in my entire life and I think the earliest I went to bed was maybe 5 a.m. So
1: <laughs> was that bed or was that a nap?
0: Uh, and that was probably a nap followed by getting up early for a, a hair of the dog but Thanksgiving Norlean Saints, Buffalo Bills at the Superdome should be absolutely superb. You'll get to see Gators, Seminoles, the big Florida rivalry. Uh, you'll be taking in uh, Jags, Falcons. You're going to be taking in uh, Jag- 49ers as well, getting involved. Bucks, Giants, Giants massive massive games it's going to be really really good fun uh, and you can find out all the details right now if you go to touchdowntrips.com forward slash at gridiron tour they do brilliant deals where like if you're going as a pair or if you pair it with other people then you save extra money on what it costs it really is a really good deal for what you get it's a once in a lifetime trip or just keep going every year and as ollie will tell you even if you're going solo you get involved it's always a really good group we've always had a lot of fun on
2: it you make friends for life and that's it's it's it sounds cheesy but it, it's true um and it's really really lovely it's it's really cool and you'll see on their coach transfers and, and bus rides and stuff those are the best parts that's where you really bond and you get a playlist going you, you might meet your spouse going. you could meet your spouse <laughs> it, it, it's an amazing trip plus the deep south is such a cool area of the united states i love that that area uh, and new orleans is awesome Okay, you do have to go to Jacksonville. Sorry, Will. But um, other than that, it's, it's a brilliant tour.
1: Jacksonville's fantastic. Great yeah, whiskey, great tacos. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it sounds like Will Blackman should be going on the tour because he knows his stuff.
1: Well, hey, listen, maybe I'll surprise somebody if they let me in.
0: Imagine that you end up sharing with Will Blackman. (laughs)
2: That's amazing.
1: Tough. (laughs) Tough world. Uh,
0: If you like going back to training camp days, it'll be fun. Uh, Let's talk, uh, before we get into week three and talk about some of the bits uh, from this season so far. Some quick fire QB news, starting off with uh, the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Andy Dalton out with a knee injury. Justin Fields starts... Really interesting. I saw the Dan Olofsky stuff around um, Justin Fields this past weekend and kind of went back and re-watched it off the back of that. And I guess this is one to come to you on, Will, but I think what's interesting is some people were critical of, of Justin Fields' performance when he came into the game last weekend after Dalton went out injured. But there's a very different type of quarterback there. And when you've been scheming for Andy Dalton and when Andy Dalton's been taking the snaps with the starters... To bring somebody in in relief, you can't expect them to be you know, ready with their game plan. Right. We could see something very different from Justin Fields this weekend with a week to prepare.
1: Yeah, when someone comes in late like that, especially when it's due to injuries, it's not like they went in planning, okay, we're going to give 50% to each quarterback. You want to keep it super simple. You know, the one thing that was impressive with Justin, is uh, his last performance is that a lot of his throws, they were within the tackle box. Like he didn't, you know go around run around as much but he was in the pocket and he looked comfortable so this is cool it will be interesting to see right what a whole week of preparation looks like now we get to see whatever the bears had planned for justin fields uh be unleashed this week
2: i think a lot of people said didn't they will that uh fields should be coming in in any case after uh to poor performances from Andy Dalton and let's just get him in, chuck him in, get him a part of that offense. And they've got their wish. And, um, I think Chicago fans, and we know what that fan base is like, really passionate, really, uh, really takes their team to heart, but quick to turn as well. Um, I think they're going to be really happy that he's coming in and, and they get to see, uh, the guy that they, that they, they drafted high. And, um, finally getting a start and, and, and for their case, not for mine in your case, uh, hit the ground running.
1: It is for their case because again, they Nagy has a short leash. Okay. The head coach has a short leash. He's not there for, he's not guaranteed to be there for another five or 10 years, you know? So it's, that's why the whole narrative of having Justin Fields sit was like, well, I get it. If you're a new coach, you know, he was there, in Kansas City, when they sat in my homes for one year, I get all that, but it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. He has time to do that. This, this team, does, this uh, front office does not have time to do that. So, happens sooner than later, but we're ready to go. Let's see this man do it. I'm excited.
0: Also, where Tua Tungavailoa fractured his ribs. He will miss Sunday's game in Las Vegas. The Raiders started off hot this season, uh, Brian Flores announced. So uh, I would be Jacoby Brissett coming in. I mean, already arguably one of the better backup options in the NFL, Will, but I think that they move the ball better with him on Sunday, even in a game where they still scored no points.
1: Yeah, they definitely moved the ball better, simply because Jacoby has a bigger arm than Tua. You know, that's, that's the tough thing. When it comes to tour, you know we we love his story, we love his energy, we love his college career, we we love him as a kid. Great, he's awesome. However, the two things that's tough is his durability. You know, is is can he stay healthy? You get you're gonna take a big hit eventually. You know, and, and can he stay healthy? And the other one is can he push the ball downfield? You know, I don't think defensive backs feel threatened with his arm strength. So. Um, yeah. And, and also, I feel like Jacoby just comes in there and he's just so loose and relaxed and he can just sling the ball. So, when Jacoby was in Indianapolis, he would come in for Phillip Rivers to throw a Hail Mary pass. You know, that's, <laughs> we know Phillip had nothing left. <laughs> he had a BB gun for an <laughs> arm, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's cool to see, you know, what Jacoby can do with his offense.
2: I think also, um, we love the, the fact that he's a lefty, Will. I, I think mean, you
0: love the fact that
1: he's a lefty. Oh, no, no, no,
2: no. I think we all. <laughs> I think the NFL. We
1: all. Lefties are witches. There's not a lot of fans.
0: Whoa.
2: Of them, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a lefty, and I love the fact that he's In- a lefty. Why smudgers. are you being like
1: this? They're ink smudgers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever wow. a football, you ever caught a football from a lefty? It is so weird. Or what's even worse is catching a punt from a left-footed punter. The ball spins a completely different way. Oh. It's awkward. It, but i'm left-footed though it's weird. i'm right-handed but i'm left-footed is that weird oh yeah that you're the way
0: christ um i don't even know how to follow that up i was just going to start listing off some of my favorite left-handed quarterbacks but i, I feel like we've, we're done with that now because you've called will blackman a witch we might be done with the podcast in general uh <laughs> Jacob Eason came in and had a couple of ugly throws against the Ram last week, Rams last weekend. I think maybe slightly different to the Justin Fields situation in that we saw an extended period of time from him and it was more about scheme and fit. Uh, Jacob Eason just came in and looked a little bit rabbit in the headlights coming in for Carson Wentz. This weekend, he's going to be starting against the Tennessee Titans after it was confirmed that Wentz is going to be out. And I mean... Carson Wentz missing games is something that they had to be aware of at an earlier date than this. So, surely they're ready with Eason. Surely they've had him have enough time with the starters after the time that Wentz had out over the summer that he should be able to come in and, and at least make the offense look, Ollie in some way, efficient. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? But I think we've seen it
2: from previous hard knocks and Will's probably better to answer this, answer this than me but we've seen when um, when the the main quarterback gets all, nearly all of the reps and it, this quarter, this uh, the the backup then comes in for kind of the end of the the session staff and it, he'll maybe get four or five reps um so I'm not sure whether that would have changed too much and you're right they should be planning ahead but um' I, I'm, I, it didn't look like it last week did it and you worry for Um, an offense which doesn't have that many pass-catching weapons, an offense whose running back isn't really getting going. Jonathan Taylor didn't have a great game last week. And a defense which is then under pressure. Uh, Well, what's it like when uh, your main QB goes down? And what's it like for the entire team, really, when the main QB goes down and then uh, the backup has to come in and and, and step up? It it just seems like a completely alien situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is to – you know, everyone else has to step up and rally around the defense really has to take ownership. And it's like, look, we need to make, you know, his job easier. For example, you know, look at the the Bears performance. They went and, um, you know, no, excuse me, the Patriots performance when they got all those picks. No, and the Bears, you know, they picked off um, Burrow playing time. So that's what you do. Those when they did that, they helped their young quarterback. You know, now I know Mac is Mac Jones is a starter, but in the case of Justin Fields, it helped when you had all those turnovers on defense. So they have to step up big special teams. You know, head coaches at this in this situation really stress the team part. You know, it, I mean, they preach that anyway going into the games, but they really stress that part. And then right offensively, other guys have to step up. You know, the ball may not be you know there like the starter, so they may have to do something extra and uh, beyond. But I I will I will kind of expect the Colts to maybe dress all three running backs um, this week and, and definitely use all them in like past, pass catching situations. Um, and then Pittman stepped up, you know, I, I was happy to see him uh, do his thing. So yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see what they do offensively. Right. He did come in there and eventually just threw a layup to Jalen Ramsey out the gate. Um, but yeah, I am very curious to see what they do this weekend versus Tennessee. Um, A
0: defence that, by the way, has given up 68 points through the first two weeks of the season uh, and, okay against two uh, tough NFC West opponents. But right now, a team that look worse on offence than they did last year and about the same on defence, which wasn't very good, Uh, you know, in terms of total yardage, they're in bottom 10 in terms of... (laughs) Passing on is their bottom 10 in terms of total points given up. There's only, what, I think two teams worse than them in the NFL. It's it's not a good situation for them right now. Maybe coming up against Jacob, Jacob Eason is exactly what they need. And um, Before we get into the, the games we like from this week, let's talk about a player who has impressed you so far through two weeks. Maybe it's a bit of a surprise player. Maybe it's someone you were looking out for to see how they did. Um, somebody who kind of you just want to highlight as maybe... Going into week three, keep an eye out on X. Uh, will, I will come to you first.
1: Yeah, well, he's not, he's not a surprise player, but someone who has really impressed me is, is Kyler Murray. Um, I feel like he is um, in another world right now mentally. I, he, I, I really think he figured the game out, and it has slowed down for him. We're talking about a guy who went first round in professional baseball and the NFL. Um, He's that kind of an athlete. And, you know, for him to throw for 400 yards, um, two, two, two interceptions, but still throw for 80%, you know, that's, that's just, that's just nuts. Um, and, And the week before that, you know, all those touchdowns, he's just we need to put I need a I'm going to tweet it out to put like a helmet cam on him cuz I want to know what he sees. Hmm. It is just a madhouse. So I think he's really impressed me how control, how much of a command he has on this offense and this team. Uh and it's really cool to watch, man. I'm impressed with him.
0: Think the good news being that there is more than enough space in that giant helmet to fit a camera. So you should yeah, be able to Or do
1: he's that. just that little. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he looks like a drunk toddler at times, but yeah. I, I I had him on my list of people to talk about because I think he's had been MVP level the first two weeks and okay, you've got to sustain it over 17 games, 18 weeks, but I think he's been absolutely sensational on a team where I haven't been very high on the coaching staff over the last few years. I still think there's been some interesting decisions made there, but yeah, Kyler Murray has been absolutely superb. Uh, Ollie, did you have someone you wanted to highlight? Well, Kyler was one of them, but I had a backup. <laughs> I had it's a good backup. to know we all had Kyler Murray down Oh, Yeah, on. man. It's just the, that group think.
2: And I was so down on, on Kyler Murray when he came into the league because it looked like I was playing NFL um, <laughs> at quarterback. I'm five foot five, if you didn't know, Will. And um, I think I'm taller than Kyler Murray. Are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I look tall. But uh, so um, I was really down on Murray, and he, I'm delighted he's totally proved me wrong. But let's go the opposite to Kyler Murray. And that's Justin Herbert. And I am loving what he's doing. I know he had a couple of picks last week, but there was the one 45 yard dart throw rolling out to his right, then across his body, a laser dart. It barely left his, I I reckon it probably only got to seven foot off the ground and he's six foot nine or whatever <laughs> he is. Um, straight to Kyle, Kyle uh, uh, to, to, to Allen, number 13. Oh, what's his first name? Keenan. Keenan, Keenan there we go. <laughs> Keenan Allen. Um, but straight to Keenan Allen. And I know the, 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 the play got called back, but it just showed the arm strength. He also does it underneath. He also has great touch. He also uses his wheels as well. Um, and I know they lost the game. But he has massively impressed me. I've, I've been super, super impressed, and I cannot wait to watch him this weekend. Um, so yeah, it, Justin Herbert has been a really, a really interesting person to watch, and I'm
1: loving what he's doing.
0: I'm gonna go with Tom Brady. No, uh, I'm <laughs> actually. I was thinking about it. And thinking, you should. What?
1: He, but he, 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 oh. is, he is always impressive.
0: Sensational! Five touchdown passes last week. I, he's now. Tight the fact segment. that he's
1: 84 and he's still kicking butt. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> he's now tied second for the most consecutive games with four or more touchdown passes. If he gets four or more again this week, he goes joint first. It's it's ridiculous. And actually, Rob Gronkowski was one that did jump out to me because as much as you know, he is the bionic man, last year, coming off the time off, it took him a while to warm into the offense. He was used very much as a blocking tight end for huge amounts of last season. And this year, he's just been an absolute just, beast just unbelievable um one that was suggested to us by harry that i actually did have on my list as well was max crosby because the raiders defense in general has looked brilliant and to come in as a second year guy who didn't look good uh, coming out of the draft and and in the early part of his raiders career most pressures in the nfl most qb hits in the nfl that's considering that we've had a guy like chandler jones have five sacks in a game and yet max crosby is still right up there and You know, it's sometimes maybe we judge draft picks a little quickly after they're made and we should give people a little time to to develop and get up to speed. And, you know, that I couldn't do this without talking about a San Francisco 49er as well. Um, Well. (laughs) But genuinely, Debo Samuel leads the league in. I uh, think he's, he's second in catches, he leads the league in yards, he leads the league in yards after contacts on top of that as well. And the offense is suited to a player like Debo Samuel, but having come off the injury last year, having come back and not looked anywhere up to speed of where he'd been in his rookie season and been as good as he's been through the first two weeks, throwing the blocks, making the plays, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so I'm just mentioning Debo Samuel as well. No (laughs) (laughs) action. I think think
2: we're both just worried about uh, facing (laughs) Debo and how porous that Green Bay defense has looked, Um, especially underneath where Debo does do a lot of really good work. Um, So yeah, yeah.
0: Let's talk panic button then because there's some 0-2 teams right now in the NFL who maybe were expecting to be playoff teams this year or at least expecting to take a big step forward and ask whether they should be pushing the panic button. Will Blackman, are you pushing the panic button on the Minnesota Vikings who you picked as your dark horse pick this year, currently sat at
1: 0-2? Definitely hitting the panic button for them um, because it's it's time. It's time, time to go, time to get it done, time to make some noise in the postseason. And I am going to hit the panic button simply because, too, you know, there's a high possibility it can be 0-3 after this game versus Seattle. Um, they just, just, just too much talent on that team um, for them to be in the situation. Now, granted, yes, they, there have been situations where, like, you know, the missed field goal and then losing in overtime. But the the better teams are the ones that can figure that part out. You know, like Cleveland is, is on their way, you know, Um, they are, I believe they are a title contender now, but they need to know how to win those close games. That's where Kansas city thrives. That's where Baltimore thrives. That's where, you know, Tampa Bay thrives. Like all those teams, they know how to win, excuse me, those close games. So, yeah.
0: What did Mike Zimmer do to a kicker in a former life that has led to him having this many kicker problems through his career? And is there something that the team can be doing more outside of, they've employed seemingly good NFL kickers who have good percentage completion, who have you know good numbers over 50 yards, who look like very reasonable kickers. And yet he's had seasons ended on it. He's had games lost on it. He's had real, real problems with kicking. And we can't figure out...
1: But for the, but for the gambling world, he's really good against the spread. So maybe there's something there about that. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> uh, and while we're saying that, Will, what's your gambling podcast called again? Upsets and underdogs. Check it out. I have a really cool guest this week. It's John Anik from the UFC. Oh, um, Nice. Yeah. He's the voice of the UFC. So yeah, would be really good.
0: Yeah. He's been on with us before. He's good fun. Um, on, uh, on talk sport. Yeah. Great. Superb. Uh, uh, well, just to give Minnesota just a bit of play. They have lost a game in overtime and a game to a missed field goal. You know, those are those ridiculously tight losses, as you were saying, Will, that they happen in the NFL. You have to turn it around quickly, but Seahawks and Browns next and maybe a team like the Bengals, team you really shouldn't be losing. That's to. what
1: I'm saying, man. It's like it is not getting easy. I'm
0: trying to be kind. All right. I'm trying to be nice.
2: I don't uh, think you can be nice when it comes to a Mike Zimmer-led uh, team. That's their biggest thing I think that's holding them back is Mike Zimmer. They, had a, so they have, so, as Will said, so much talent and he continually makes bizarre calls or um, allows his team to, to go down big in games against teams that they shouldn't be, um, given the talent that's on that roster. So I, I actually, I was thinking about it. I wasn't worried, but then I started thinking, yeah, there is Mike Zimmer involved. Therefore, I am worried. I'm not having Zimmer at all.
0: Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts 0-2 after losing back-to-back games at home to NFC West opponents, 28-16 to the Seahawks, much tighter this past weekend, 27-24 to the Rams after that big second-half comeback that looked like they might claw their way back into the game. We've already talked a bit about Jacob Eason uh, having to be the one trying to stop the Colts from going 0-3 for only the third time since 1998. But for the Colts, surely at this point, considering the division and everything else, everything trends up a little bit in the next few weeks and they have an opportunity to bounce back. Trying to be nice, Ollie, trying to be nice.
2: <laughs> I know you're trying to be nice, but uh, it, again, as, as I said earlier, that they're. I know, I know Pittman stepped up and they do have Zach Pascal, but these are, if you put them on other teams, these are number two, number three, at uh, best wide receivers. They don't have, I think quite the talent there. They've got, a, they've got a great coach, in, in Frank Reich. And I love what he does, but losing Carson Wentz is just massive for them. I know you, that that defense with, um, with Darius Leonard there is, 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 and he's one of the best defensive players in the league, but Owen two, they have to go to the Tennessee Titans Titans who are coming off the back of, of the back of that incredible comeback win, let alone uh, an overtime kicking uh, an overtime field goal win as well. Um, so I worry for them. I've got to worry for the Colts because I like, I like, I like Indianapolis. I love the stadium, but, um, <laughs> you like the stadium. Oh yeah. What is moving, moving on from the players? <laughs> no, no, uh, no, they have the best
1: pop. they have the best popcorn. In the- <laughs> yeah. And, and, and great
2: soda. Uh, I love the soda down there in, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right to pick all of that up. But, um, yeah, I'm, I am worried about the Colts. I, I think if they go zero three, although they are in a useless division, so maybe maybe we don't need to be too worried about it.
0: We have a, uh, a tradition here on the podcast, Will, where we assign a division of disgrace every year, uh, and it's fair to say that over the five or six, seven, whatever years <laughs> we've been doing it, the AFC South has been the division of disgrace more often than anybody else, uh, and it may well be the case again. It really got, came to light though. I'm not after... taking
1: part. I'm not taking part in that game.
0: Well. You maybe you'll enjoy it more after you find out that one year uh, if it's, if a team kicks out uh, if a division kicks out a losing team into the playoffs, that's automatic qualification. And the year that the Carolina <laughs> Panthers came out as a losing team but winning the NFC south, uh, when we interviewed Matt Ryan at the Super Bowl, Ollie Hunter proceeded to tell him all about the Division of Disgrace and asked him how it felt to play in this year's iteration of it. Uh, I don't think it went down brilliantly, Ollie. I think it's fair to say.
2: I thought it went down great. He was fine with it. We got some Gillette razors out of it. It was all good.
0: <laughs> Matt has a good sense of humour. <laughs> yeah, he did laugh at you. At you quite hard. Whoa. Now, another 0-2 team. And look, maybe not expecting playoffs this year. This is their eighth 0-2 start in nine seasons. If only we had somebody on here who knew the New York Giants and the New York market well. Will Blackman, should the Giants be worried?
1: I'm from New England. I know the Boston market well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in which case, you know defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who spent many, many years in New England.
1: No, they should should hit the panic button in terms of, um, like, I almost feel like the, Time is ticking for Daniel Jones and Dave Gettleman um, because this is their guy, you know, uh, they, they got to figure that part out. And, and also too, I know a lot of people are concerned with the confidence of Saquon Barkley coming back from the injury. Um, they're like, Oh, he's not running the same. He's running pretty soft. And, you know, I was like, gosh, you know, I, I know what it's like coming back from an injury like that. And it does take a while. I mean, he's only a year out. Usually this injury to be full strength is like almost 18 months, but he did Saquon did put a tweet out saying you know everyone keep that same energy you know basically like when I start kicking butt you know don't don't jump on the bandwagon you know so that that's the thing that he has to get going you know the Daniel Jones obviously pressured on him you know time's ticking but Saquon has to get going for this team um because Dallas isn't slowing down Philly doesn't look too bad and also, Washington is interesting. Like, they're, they're all competitive where New York can easily fall to the bottom. In that division.
0: They very clearly left points on the board against uh, against Washington on a number of occasions. We saw the drop. Uh, we saw from Slayton. We saw uh, we saw the offsides
1: of on the missed field goal. That's what we saw.
0: <laughs> and then we saw, most importantly, and this is my question, you know, you get those organizations. The Chargers have been a prime example in recent years who just seem to be able to find a way to keep losing in the, in the way that a team like the Patriots find a way to always win. And you talked about the idea of tight games earlier, Will. Do those, those kind of things happening to a team, does that, does that sink in? Does that get into the kind of fabric of the team, the players? Does, does that weigh on people's minds that, you know, so close yet so far?
1: I wouldn't say it doesn't weigh on it. It's actually a positive thing. At least you're not getting blown out. You know that that would be discouraging. We just get stomped everywhere. Because then, when you are losing close games, then you're able to magnify each situation where you could have gotten better. Versus, like we were just not good. You know, they're just destroying us. So, um, if you're losing close games, that means you're close in terms of you know competing for a championship.
0: Let's look forward to this weekend's games and pick out a game each that we are excited to see. Uh, I'm not allowed to pick Sunday Night Football because I've already picked a 49ers thing today, but I hope one of our Packers will uh, pick that out this weekend. Looking at this weekend slate, gents, what is the one game that really jumps out to you that you are desperate to see, that you, uh, for some reason, there is a storyline to it, there's an element to it that just makes you go, I I need to make sure I'm in front of my TV for that one?
1: Good,
2: Ali. Well, (laughs) I I think it's a bit mean for me to go first on both of you guys because I'm going to take the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's
1: why I say go, Ollie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Um, So the Chargers are going into Arrowhead uh, off the back of that horrible charge, almost chargery defeat. Um, Against the Cowboys last week. And then the Kansas City Chiefs allowed the Baltimore Ravens to come back and in that stonking, absolutely stonking Sunday night football game uh, in week two. Um, So you've got two teams coming off the back of very small defeats, looking to not necessarily get their season back on track because you know that the Chiefs and maybe the Chargers are going to be there or thereabouts, but there's just so much talent, isn't there, involved on especially the offense on on both sides. And um, I get to see my boy big man Herbert uh taking up my taking taking on my other boy uh patrick mahomes so um, i'm gonna call him my boy will because um what pat mahomes and i we shared a lunch uh i gave him my water so yeah what, you
0: know uh, well like what is it you've made it clear that you have real beef against small quarterbacks and that you like big bodied guys I, I don't know ollie This is some kind of like small man syndrome in reverse <laughs> that's thing not, like, that's not that's not true it
2: that's that's totally not true because I've now changed I've flipped the switch on Kyler Murray. I love Kyler Murray now. All right, I'll let you off. I'll but let you off. I think that what you've got is two really exciting offenses going up against defense. Well, the, the Chargers defense is actually really good as well. With Derwin James being back, is 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 huge, but with Bosa in there and and other people are getting are coming through and getting sacks and picks and, and whatnot. So it's how that Chiefs offense is going to match up against that Chargers defense um how they're going to take tyreek hill out of the game what they're going to do with travis kelsey another hundred yard game last week so there's so many intriguing things and i always love a game in arrowhead it's a great stadium
0: well well they they, they, the chiefs come in almost a touchdown favorites here which considering what the ravens did to them in the second half and okay there were some mistakes that led to that but it feels like a high line to me
1: you feel like a touchdown is a high line
0: yeah i don't know i well maybe well, the chargers the history is a problem but i feel well, like
1: here's the thing though they go ahead you can finish
0: just saying from what we've seen in the first two weeks i don't think i see a touchdown difference quality between the first two performances we've seen from these two teams
1: if this ends up being a passing battle i can see it being a touchdown favorite the the two the two past games for the Chiefs where they struggled, they struggled trying to stop the run. You know, both Cleveland and Baltimore ran it down to their throats and that's kind of what happened. I don't know if that's going to happen with the Chargers if they're going to run the ball that effectively. But if anyone can go throw for throw with Mahomes, it's definitely Justin Herbert. You know, he's he's outstanding. So I can see something like that, but if you're not going to run the ball to try to jack up, you know, the middle of the defense, then I don't think it's – I don't think you're going to have much success in terms of beating them. Well, when you've had –
2: I think it was 248 yards that the Chiefs allowed against the the, the various Ravens and 198 that the Chargers allowed against the Cowboys, in practice the week after, and you know you're going up against a team that actually throws the ball a lot, what what kind of things could both of these defences be working on? Will they be working on shoring up that um, that run defence? Or will they be thinking, right, you know, Edward Soler fumbled. Maybe he's not going to run the ball as much against us if you're the Chargers. Or uh, Austin Eckler's brilliant out of the backfield catching the ball are we just going to concentrate on on working on our pass defense? What kind of things will be going on in practice?
1: Yeah, I would say more so for Kansas City. They're going to just look up matchups, you know, maybe expect Tyreek Hill coming out the backfield. Maybe Nicole Hardman coming out the backfield and, and catching receptions, um, things like that. Maybe trying to attack the outside. And for for the Chargers, you know, same thing. Just, just trying to find matchups in that secondary. Uh, the number one thing for every defense is the number one goal is you want to stop the run. That is... Across the board, every coordinator is to you want to, your plan is to stop the run, but also too, you want to try to put pressure on these QBs because if they're sitting back through all day, then they're going to just tear you apart. So it's a little bit of both.
0: I'll tell you what I love this weekend. And what we're doing is we're giving people an excuse to watch Will Blackman on TV because we've picked the six o'clock game that is going to be on Sky, and I'm now going to pick the 925 game that's going to be on Sky. Buccaneers at Rams looks sensational this weekend. You're talking about the two leading scoring teams. I love how Will NFL. just jumped
1: in, so I didn't get to see that game, but go yeah, ahead, Will. He's a, disc- he's a
0: disgrace. <laughs> Absolute disgrace. You know
1: what I love, guys? I love the game. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I, I was just trying to make it smooth. I was trying to make it, you know, just trying to do my job Will. Uh, I'm glad you called me out for it, though. appreciate it, buddy. Um, <laughs> you've got the two Two best scoring teams in the NFL, two leading scoring teams in the NFL. You've got a team in the Bucks who have gone seven for 10 touchdowns in the red zone. Already you've got the leading touchdown scorer in Tom Brady, nine thrown passing touchdowns already this season, going up against a Rams team who are not only scoring well, but... For Rams, for the Rams, they rank eighth in scoring defense and 12th in yards on defense. And that makes it look terrible compared to previous years, where they've last couple of years, they've been right in leading both of those categories. They've got so much talent on the other side of the ball. And they feel like they're being more aggressive this year a little bit without Brandon Staley there. Like the change appears to have been that, you know, maybe it's because a new defense coordinator comes in, they feel they need to do something flashy. But I feel like we've seen more stunts from their fronts, a few more blitzes, a few more like, and I'm really intrigued to see how they set up against that Bucks offense. Then how Matthew Stafford set uh, sets up against the Bucks defense that defend the run beautifully. So will he get those play action opportunities? Will he get those opportunities at the deep throw the, the matchups here are, are so intriguing. these are two of the best teams in the NFL through two weeks. I, I, you love to see it.
1: Yeah. I, I can see this one being similar to the, um the Rams chiefs games where it was just, points and yards all over the place a few years ago. I could see it being something like that. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned the coordinator Raheem Morris for the Rams. Um, I think he really looked indiv- at individ- at each player, at each individual player and in what they did well. And, you know, I'm going to talk about Jalen Ramsey this weekend on Sky how at Florida State, Jalen was a uh, safety. He didn't really play corner as much and uh, he got moved all around the place and the thing with Jalen is that he's a big corner. He's he has really high IQ and I think Raheem just wanted him close to the box It's very similar to like what Charles what the Packers did with Charles Woodson Charles Woodson was a cornerback and he got moved inside into the box and was utilized in multiple areas taking away the short stuff and he feels really comfortable with his defensive backs um, to take care of the, the, the deep stuff. So that's interesting, too. Um, I'm really curious to see about all these matchups. And, and I think, too, for Matt Stauffer, the, like these are the type of games that he wants. He wants to play in these big time games in L.A. that mean something. You know, this is a potential NFC championship type of game. You know, um, I before the season started, I had the Rams going to the Super Bowl. And then when Cam Akers got hurt, I switched to the Bucks. you know, so I am beyond excited to see that game.
0: Stafford has averaged 28 throws a game through the first two weeks because of that run defense. I could see him throwing the ball 40, 45 times this week. And that, well, I would throw it 28 times
1: too if Cooper Cup is always open. You know, (laughs) (laughs) why, why go to something else when he's always wide open? It's unbelievable.
2: And, and in Robert Woods, they've got a more than serviceable number two. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what Tom Brady does when it comes to Jalen Ramsey. Is he going to, Stay away from him. Is Jalen Ramsey going to stick on um, either Mike Evans or, or or Godwin? I know that uh, AB's on the on the or probably COVID Grant. List. You know, um, so there's Grant. Grant as yeah. well. Yeah. So what's what's going to happen there? Or is he going to say, right, I'm I'm the number one QB of all time. Um, I'm going to take you on, Jalen, and I'm going to I'm going to throw at you and expose oh, it's, you and it's then going that to be, could open up everything else yeah it's
1: going to be all about the matchups it's not even going to be about like i'm trying to have you know show my ego and prove my point he's like no we're going to go win the game and then fly back and then i can put out another instagram video mm-hmm. That's still, um <laughs> this is this is not a huge game like on the slate but i am very curious to see the cowboys versus the eagles because Obviously, this is a heated rivalry within the division, but I think this is the perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to separate themselves in the NFC East to like go in here, play the Eagles, and blow them out. You know, they they have the potential to blow out the Eagles, um, but that's not probably going to be the case because these are the two common opponents they know each other really well, and Philly is going to feel it from the city to stick it to them uh but yeah this this is an opportunity for Dallas I think Dallas is a good football team um they cleaned up some of their mistakes they made against Tampa Bay they should have won that Tampa Bay game they sh- could easily be 2-0 right now uh they have Kellen Moore has just a toy box of weapons on offense you know everyone's the whole narrative like oh Tony Pollard should should start well it's like no he shouldn't like what they're doing is, is working keep Zeke you know, as the starter, uh, Zeke actually had a pretty good game. He was averaging four point four yards a carry with seventy-one yards. And then Tony Pollard came in and was a it was a great changeup. You know what I mean? So I just like with the, and then defensively, it's like they have more communication. They put Michael Parsons at defensive end and is letting him play fast. And he already has tons of rush, pass rushing moves and is in the quarterback's face now. And the secondary looks like they have better communication. They're playing fast. So I just I think Dallas is 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 definitely. Are really good football team so I'm curious to see them if they can put it all together so nobody picked Packers at
0: 49ers so let me oh. just ask the Packers uh, glitterati amongst this group did you see enough from that game against the Lions last weekend it's obviously been an opponent in San Francisco who they've struggled against the last couple of years the matchup with Shanahan hasn't been great for them are you confident of the bounce back and have we got a game on our hands Sunday night I
2: think I saw enough in the offense. It, it seemed to be clicking again. Let's get Aaron Jones, um, Devontae Adams. That throw from uh, Rodgers to Tunyon for Ransom with Onion um, for the touchdown was outrageous, just outrageous placement. So I'm not too worried about the offense. It's that defense uh, will, that both wills, that um, really, really worries me. I know they came up against Jared Goff um and in that second half they restricted they did to the uh, the lions what the saints did to the packers in the in the first half they restricted any kind of amount of time that they had on the ball so um the, the defense ended up looking better than i actually think it was i'm really worried about that defense and um, joey b uh has got a lot of work to do
1: yeah there's a lot of a lot of things that Kyle Shanahan brings to the offense with different formations and shifts and motions. And, you know, God forbid if the Packers play man to man, there's going to be a ton of crossing routes and stuff like that. The outside zone, inside zone um, is really tough to defend. So yeah, I am, I am concerned, but the, you know, again, I think after what the offense did, I have a film that defense is like, all right, we need to get our stuff together and, um hopefully sunday night they put it together that's the cool that's the cool thing and the crazy thing about the nfl it, it, it truly is any given sunday you just you just don't know you know you green bay look like you know uh, a high school team against the saints and then they go and obviously yes it's detroit um and play well there and then new orleans goes to carolina and gets thumped there so it's just interesting man so
0: the one area you should be excited about is the offense. Cause the 49er secondary is hot garbage right now.
1: <laughs> you know what though? You know what though? When's but Richard Sherman he, coming back? Okay, it's going to he, happen. Here's the thing. They played well again, outside of that 91 yarder that they gave up, they were defending the deep pass. They were taking shots at that secondary because they, they saw opportunity, you know, um, Yes, Josh Norman's in there, and he he played well for the most part over the top. He had a couple of penalties, which he's known for. But Tart, you know, playing playing those deep passes, it was one on one in the year, make the play, and they, he was making the play. So I was I was impressed with that part because you want to. It's not even so much about like giving up yards. It's also too. You are you taking away touchdowns? Are you taking away big plays? And they were able to do that in that game because there was opportunity for Philly.
0: When I talked about aggression with the Rams. I tell you, D'Amico Ryan's been bringing the heat the first two weeks. And you mentioned Jasky Tart there. He might be up in Roger's face quite a few times this week, I suspect. Anyway... Can't wait for it Sunday night. Can't wait to watch you on the TV, Will. I can't wait for people to hear me and Ollie doing our thing on Talk Sport from five o'clock on Sunday evening as well. Uh, go and check it all out there. Check out all the fine work that Gridiron are doing at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron uh, on Instagram. And of course, we mentioned it last week. I know that you're starting to sign up in your droves, but don't forget that after the second London game, October the 17th from 5.30pm till the... Not particularly small hours of the morning. We'll be at Bloomsbury Lane near Russell Square. Big screen TV showing red zone with all the action from the early and late Slater games. There's pizza, there's burgers, there's hot dogs all being served till late. There's private rooms for hire. There's beer pong, there's bowling lanes. Uh, there's booze, there's food, there's good times we have by all. And it's only £5 to go in. Go to at Gridiron on Twitter. Our pin tweet there will give you more info. Uh, boys, always good fun. Yes, indeed. Have a good weekend and uh, I look forward to talking bragging rights next Thursday.